Welcome back to part four of the six-part series, Conversations About Influence. In this segment, we'll be hearing about influencing remotely, how to make global teams and team meetings more successful and influence-friendly. Let's join now with our speakers, B. Kim Barnes, Mary Walter, and Alan Cohen. We were going to think a little bit together today also about influencing remotely. And what we're talking about right now, I think, is very relevant to that. Because when you're influencing remotely, it also may be true in a group where you have both introverts and extroverts, even in the same room. The way that you set it up as a leader, the way that you establish the process, can make the difference between having an interactive conversation where everybody has a chance to to get their ideas out on the table, and having one of those experiences where the group loses the value of what they had to say and they go away feeling unheard. Okay, so there are processes that you can put into place, real-time meeting, but also maybe even more important in a remote session. So let's talk a little bit about what are some things that you can do to make sure that everybody has a chance to get their ideas out. Mary, do you have some thoughts? One thing that I think is important is time and space with remote teams. Often what I'm finding today in 2017, as teams are struggling with remote influencing or remote relationships, we're not just affected with space, we're also affected with time because of globalization. I'll give you an example. I was working with a team on their team effectiveness, and members of the team were throughout the United States and global and sometimes just traveling globally temporarily. So it really was a point where they really had no idea where this person was where they were calling them. They literally would be in Dubai, and then the next week they're in Ireland, and the next week they're in California. In an effort to be good team players or good partners, they would pick up the phone whenever, <laughs> wherever. Well, that doesn't set up for a very good in-depth conversation of any kind, much less influencing. So I think being very um, careful about your conversation that you're about to have to influence with time and space when you're influencing remotely, it seems obvious, but I see it overlooked quite often and taken lightly. And the truth is, you know, we're all best when we're rested and prepared and ready for a conversation. And so being cognizant of where someone is, um, both in time and space, I think sets you up for a much better conversation and a better result. This is a layered issue. First of all, Technology is changing rapidly, so it no longer has to be only by phone. Mm -hmm. It's now possible, often, to be able to add video, one-on-one, -on -one, easy with Skype and the variants of Skype. It can also be team meetings, and I've now had some managers say, I actually can see more at a distance than I see when we're all in the room because there are some True. technologies where I can see every individual member and I see those rolling eyes or the person who's <laughs> trying to look under the desk and do uh, email at the yeah. same time. So that's another dimension that you have to take into account. There's also the question of who's running the meeting. Is there somebody who's responsible for it? And I was saying to Kim before we started, I know a number of managers who say, a lot of my work happens between meetings, not just in meeting time. I talk one-on-one -on -one with people. I find out from the introverts or the people from other countries where people aren't so readily willing to say they disagree. I talk to them about what they really think. I say, I noticed you weren't speaking at the last meeting. Tell me about your opinion of the issue we were talking about. 
they will stop a meeting and say, you know, Mary, you haven't said anything for a long time. Do you have some comments about this issue, which I know you have some feelings about because it affects your area? They do a whole bunch of facilitative things, which we usually think of the outside facilitator as having to do. But they think of it as part of their role now, which is interesting because 25 years ago, nobody was doing any of that kind of stuff. But now they see it as a core part of their job. So it turns out that you have to do a lot more to make a distant meeting work. But it's possible to make it almost or even sometimes better than the close face-to-face one. But the technology doesn't always work. The person running the meeting doesn't always have the skills. Members don't always recognize their obligations. And when they do manage face-to-face time, they waste it. Mm -hmm. They don't do the things you could do to agree on how we're going to function. What do we do when somebody's not able to participate? How do we make sure that we have shared documents so that everybody can stay up to and a lot of things like that? So I think there are two things that come out of that for me, Alan. One is the importance of making sure that somebody is facilitating these meetings and, and has both the responsibility and the skills for doing that. And that might mean knowing how to design processes that hear from everybody, particularly yeah. if you've been talking with them in between. So it can be something as simple as a round robin where you say, let's everybody put in your two cents on this topic. Let's hear from each person you can pass, and we'll come back around to you if you'd rather. So just simple things like that, but also the importance of norms. Yep. And being very explicit. You talked about making the implicit explicit. Yes, we all know, you know, we shouldn't do these things and we should do this. But how about if we agree to them and not vague norms? like uh, be polite, you know, have fun, those kinds of things. But norms that are very explicit, that would be things like say your name before you speak up on a topic so we know who's talking, you know, and just very simple things like that um, that that make these meetings so much more productive. goes a long way. And the other thing I took out, Alan, and I have a strong point of view about that I think that um, video is far superior to a phone call, far superior. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to influence effectively, you should insist on video if you're meeting remotely. Now, I I find that leaders are often reluctant. To your point, oh, it doesn't work or it's an extra two minutes for me to log on. I, it is so much more effective. You can read body language. You can see their behavior. If you're in a team meeting and it's on a teleconference, everyone's doing their email during the whole call. <laughs> That's just what happens, yeah, right? right? Yeah. But when you're on the screen, now you have to engage and pay attention. And I really believe that you know getting the switch from being a telephone call to being on video is really a key to influence. So much of the influencing behaviors that you're practicing when you're trying to influence, you cannot do without watching body language and really watching how somebody's responding to you. I want to add one more that in a thousand years never would have occurred to me, but somebody we talked to mentioned. Chat and messaging, Mm -hmm. especially when it's Mm -hmm. between individuals. People now can be on the other side of the world and feel like they're in the cor- just around the corner in the office. Yeah. They can be talking, not during meeting, but they can yeah. be talking to each other every day. Oh, yeah. Instead of we meet at the water cooler or the coffee station, hey, Kim, what's happening? How's your uh, family? Whatever it is, you can make the, the relationships richer and more personal in a way that really wasn't... I mean, I lived in India where it took six weeks for a letter to go back and <laughs> forth. 
where to make an international phone call, this is not an exaggeration, you had to take off from work and sit by the phone all day just to find out when the call would go through. (laughs) They couldn't get a trunk line. It's a little different now. I mean, it's perfectly clear when you have a phone call and you can just pick up the phone and do it. But chat and messaging adds a lot between the meetings for making relationships. I agree. And when I think about it in the context of influence, you know, you can have one big influencing meeting that you've planned for two weeks, but if you've prepared for it and got a feel for the other person, you've built relationship. I also know what's going on in your life because we're talking every day. You're going to be so much more effective in influencing that person and really understanding what's important to them. A few years ago, when we were first developing our program on leading global and virtual teams, I interviewed a lot of people that were using virtual teams, and they all said the same thing. They said, you have to meet people in person before you can have a good virtual relationship with them. I don't think that's true anymore. I think Mm -hmm. now you can use some of these services like Skype and have a very good in-depth conversation. I'm looking at Alina, who is our intern here now, and I believe you and I had a Skype conversation before you ever came to California to do your work. And I have found that because the technology, as you point out, is so much better now, you really can get to know people. I think it makes it even more important that you do the in-between work that you were talking about so that as a leader and, and as a team member as well, you're not limiting your interaction to the meeting, but that you are having a continual relationship with people, which now you can do without necessarily seeing them in person. And once you know somebody, phone calls work reasonably well. Absolutely. Because right. you can imagine their expressions yeah. and you know their <laughs> right. tone of voice. Yeah. But if you don't know them, then it's not so great. You have just listened to part four of six in the Conversations About Influence podcast. Thank you for listening. To hear more of the conversation, please continue to the next podcast.